Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Greetings, everyone. Welcome back to a special edition of the Wolverine Podcast. And as you can see, I am joined by two people... I'm not to be joined by uh, and haven't been joined by for quite some time. Uh, I am here with Chris Castellani of Barstool Sports, Luke Giardi with, uh, I'm so sorry, I should have asked ahead of time, what is your affiliation now? Are you, What are your credentials even to be here? That they yeah they're not really much anymore man formerly of uh of of brewcast and uh, obviously maze and brew and everything we we did over there uh, left that and went through the year with the the pickem and and everything that we had going on but uh, I'm I'm completely unaffiliated at this point man well that's why I scooped it up uh, we're here the three of us for background uh, because there is uh. I can't just assume everyone knows why it would be the three of us. So yeah. we did a podcast together over on maizeandbrew.com. Shout out to that website. Uh, we have a lot of love for, uh, there it is. Uh, what is that? The Look revenge that. tour year? That's Look the, we got, that. we got the, the block was clean shirt. We got the revenge tour shirt. And then I'm just rocking the basic go blue shirt. That was 2018. Was that Detroit? That was the night before the Penn state game. I remember That's that. Right. That was the meetup. Yeah. The meetup, uh, yeah, Larry Prout was there. A bunch mm-hmm. of, you know, obviously the three of us were there. Um, to this day, is that still the only time the three of us have ever been together in person? I think so. Uh, I think I've I've ran. You know what? Weirdly, I've ran into you guys on the same day before, but not when yeah. we were together. I think it was the uh, the opening game in twenty one. I yep. think that yep. uh, uh, yeah, I ran into Chris just uh, very strange right outside like the gate yeah. going into the the stadium, and I, I ran into Anthony um uh like a few minutes either earlier before that that 2018 meetup too was the first time I ever met uh, Anthony's parents as well uh, oh, that day that's right. uh, yeah so that was uh that was memorable yeah no it was uh, was that Detroit Brewing Company. Do you remember the place? Uh, Detroit yeah, Beer Company. So. Beer company. Okay, yeah. 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 So basically, long story short, um, everyone's still rambling. Everyone's pretty sleep deprived from last night's national championship in football. In football. Football, right? Um, so three of us did a we did a show over at Maze and Brew from I believe it was 2018. And it was right before, oddly enough, Michigan basketball yeah. went to its national championship game uh, against Villanova and got destroyed, which for a uh, again, maybe emblematic of of things that would be to come over the course of us doing that podcast together. But um, over the next whatever it was, two and a half, three years, uh, right before Chris went to Barstool, we did a show every was it Monday night? I don't remember anymore. Yeah, we did a show every yeah. week for two and a half, three years, whatever it was. And and last week, you know, you're racking. You know, I'm sitting here racking my brain for what are some special content things I could do for Natty, previewing the Natty, um, if Michigan's fortunate enough to win it, recapping the Natty. And 
one i don't know why it took me so long to think of this i was sitting at airport uh sitting at the airport on friday on the way out to houston i was like why don't i just call up the guys that that we you know this whole thing i don't want to say started with but i had felt like we did have unfinished business because you know as you reflect on where michigan was at going into monday night you think of everything that went into it being there you, you know uh there was the 2018 Ohio State game that the three of us had to recap together. There was the 2019 Wisconsin game that Chris and I watched together at uh, uh, the place formerly known as Jim Brady's in Ann Arbor. One of yeah. the worst days, uh, such a dark day, uh, oh, yeah. an inflection point really on those first six years of the Jim Harbaugh era. I, you know, I think of the COVID season that we still did every single week, by the way, uh, mm-hmm. when a lot, you know, it just, those were dark times. And, and what I was thinking about as I brought the three of us together was that, you know, if there's going to be a bright time, if there's going to be that time where they do eclipse, you know, or if they do finally climb the mountain, I wanted to have a conversation with uh, two of my guys. Uh, we still stay in touch this day. Group uh, group chat still exists. Mm-hmm. Group chat does still exist. Uh, things that can be said on the air in there, things that cannot be said <laughs> on the air in there. But uh, the two two of my best friends in this whole thing that we've done, and, and just wanted the opportunity to collab with you guys. And obviously, you know, people. This is the end of me rambling here because people listened to me talk for an hour last night uh, with Ryan Van Bergen. But um, just take me through each of your experiences watching that national championship. First of all champ question mark exclamation point let's let's start there chris i mean you didn't expect michigan to win this game because as you put it your teams don't win big games they yeah, don't win my, my teams don't win championships I, I i look i knew coming into last night i knew they were a better team than washington but i've we are predisposed i don't think this isn't just a michigan thing this is definitely a detroit based thing too we are predisposed to the idea that the rug will be pulled out from under us uh, at some point and as we saw, and last night got ugly for a minute, uh, just in the sense that the offense wasn't really moving the ball. They gave Washington a lot of chances. But every single time this season where this team had a chance to go sideways, they just never, ever did. This is one of the mentally toughest teams I've ever seen. I mean, with all the distractions, all the things that went down, you know, going into the Penn State game with your coach getting suspended while he's on like the tarmac about to go to the, you know, about to uh, take off. Or when, I think when they landed, he got suspended. You know, Sharon Moore takes over. Uh, you go, you win the Ohio State game without Harbaugh. I mean, they just, and, and the, the Bama game, I mean, that was, they were done. They were done. It was fourth and two. They had 70 yards to go. Drove right down the field, tied it, ended up winning in overtime. And uh, really what it came down to, there were a million different emotions. I mean, so many positive emotions and even some some bittersweet ones. The one big takeaway is that now, now that they've got it done and now that they've done it the way that they did, this will go down as one of the great defenses in college football history. I mean, I think in five years, we're going to laugh. I'm not saying they were this dominant, but we're going to laugh at this Michigan defense the way that we laugh at like LSU's offense in 2019 where we're like, dude, this many guys made it to the NFL. Like I was just going through the list. I mean, there was guys who had great years that were overlooked in this team. Like I think Brian McGregor had an excellent year, totally overlooked. Um, It was like the whole thing. The game itself is so stressful. I mean, it was, it was much closer than the final score, but uh, jubilation. And uh, you know, as I tweeted out, like 
these moments kind of are like checkpoints sometimes in life. And it's like the amount of just earth shattering, heartbreaking losses that the fan base has went through over the last 20 plus years to any, just, just in the Harbaugh era alone to get there with this team where everything just went right. I, I don't, I think when people think about this team, they won't say like, Oh, they had this one guy who just dominated, you know, there was not a Joe Burrow. There was not a, uh, you know, a, a Barry Sanders, one of these guys who just carried you a Vince young, but they just did everything right. They moved the ball. They stopped, they stopped the opposition. They played good special teams. They were efficient as hell all year. And uh, the fact that these guys like Corum, like Sandra still who could have gone, who could have left came back for this reason, to fulfill their destiny and in turn fulfill Harbaugh's uh, destiny as the head coach here. Uh, the, the most satisfying win season thing that I've ever experienced as a sportsman. And you can't beat it. So I'm, only the Tigers winning the World Series would top this. That's that's totally fair, man. And, and you yeah. brought up that tweet. Man, did I, I read that and that one hit my soul in the depths because I thought about it, right? And, and just think of... You know, when we started this, Anthony brought it up when we all got together there um, uh, in that 2018 run. You know, we we saw Michigan go to the national championship game, didn't quite get it done. The the entirety of the 2018 revenge tour and then the Ohio State game happens. I remember the show we did after that, like that was about as somber of a show, I think, that as we've ever, ever done. Even that includes 2020. But then. Yeah. Even we we even saw Michigan baseball like we were together through That's Michigan right. baseball going to the College World Series and getting within a game of winning a national championship and and completely echoing Chris's sentiments. Man, I like I've just not really experienced this right. Like like the last time I'm not a huge hockey guy. I'm a Red Wings fan, you know, but but I'm not like immersed in it like I am Michigan football. But yeah, like oh nine was probably the last time that even come close or the 04 Pistons that that's literally it man so for you guys did you feel like so we knew coming in right man Michigan it was like the 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 most experienced returning team in the country but like I think Bill Connolly had him one or two whatever it was uh even and after last year going to the college football playoff like wow that that's a hell of a team that that's coming back then like three or four games into the season Michigan's number one in SP plus, yeah. but like for me, I don't know. I, I just never, because of what we have seen and what we've experienced as fans, I never quite got there that this was a reality possibility until they stopped Milrow on fourth yeah. down in that Rose Bowl. I, I was I, like, talking. Yeah. Go, sorry. I, I was talking to my dad. No, about no, this. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I, I, well, first of all, I think, the expectations were so high that I remember so, I got so many tweets of people the first four games saying that this was like somehow a disappointment. I think this team played with their food a lot in the first half of games this year. Like I think that I think at points they had trouble getting up for certain games just because they 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 knew they knew what was ahead. Um, but I, I was talking to my dad about it today, and I I when Harbaugh was hired here, I expected multiple wins over Ohio State. I expected them to get to the playoff relatively consistently. You know, assuming at the time it was just the fourteen playoff. Um, I never thought they'd win a national championship. And the reason for it was I just figured they could they could have the team, but there will always be a Georgia, a Bama, a 2019 LSU, one of these juggernauts that's just going to prevent us. Similar to 
the Georgia team we ran into two years ago, where Michigan had this great year. They make the playoff, great defense. Hutch finishes second for the Heisman, and you run into a Georgia team that schematically and from a talent standpoint just beats you at every single level. I expected we would run into one of those teams, and you're totally right, Luke. It was that Bama stop on fourth down where I'm like, and I didn't, we didn't know the result of the second game yet, but I'm like, yeah, we're going to be the best team remaining. We are going to be favored in the national championship game. And, and yeah, it was, it got kind of wild. And I think ultimately the legacy of this team, I made this comparison earlier today. It's kind of like the 1980 U S hockey team, America on ice team, where they, they had to win another game after they beat the Soviets and they had to come up from behind to win it. But everyone remembers it was that semifinal game where the legacy was kind of made. I think we'll probably uh, – the Washington game was satisfying. It was the coronation of this entire era. But that Alabama game will go down as probably the most impactful game in the history of Michigan football and and easily the clutchest with what they were able to do late in that game. So, yeah, knocking them off was kind of the first moment where it's like this is so much greater than just Big Ten playoff. Now we're talking about being the last team standing. Yeah, I think the thing that was the most surreal for me is that, you know, we talk even from the moment those guys got off the plane from the Fiesta Bowl last year was, okay, well, it's Houston or bust. If these guys are coming back, Blake Corm's back, Zach Sinner's back, Treverton's back, it's Houston or bust. And that's kind of like a refrain. You say it so many times that it's almost like saying, you know, you just, I don't want to say take it for granted, but it's more like words instead of envisioning that actually happening. And, you know, you were hopeful it was uh, from my perspective, this is where I, exactly I, I'd hope I would be professionally covering it and having the chance to be on a field, you know, on the field, being a part of that celebration, but it didn't sink in until you get to the Rose bowl. You know, for me, that Rose bowl trip really didn't feel like it until I walk into the press box and then you see the playing surface, which is immaculate. I mean, it is everything they, said it said it would be somehow undersold and all i've ever heard is is amazing things you see those mountains and then to do what they did on that stage in that game against that opponent when they i mean four minutes 41 seconds left you're on the ropes and it looks a lot like it doesn't look quite like the last two trips to the playoffs did but uh still ultimately maybe a loss and, and for them to to rally you know the thing that i will always remember about this team and we even saw it last night is that when it was needed in that big moment that key moment you know they may they may have had or they played with their food like you said and didn't quite have their fastball didn't quite have their a game but damn it when they needed something when they you know you get the sense when there was enough when you just needed one one more you just needed something from someone. J.J. McCarthy made a play. Uh, Roman Wilson, Blake Corum, those guys made plays throughout the year. And again, you know, this is, uh, I'm writing about this in a column that'll probably be out sometime on Wednesday, but in an era where, first off, I mean, winning this particular national championship when it's the last year of the four-team playoff, it's the last year of these conferences sort of looking like a facsimile of what, traditional college football was like it's going to look a hell of a lot different after this but to do it by taking down the sport's biggest boogeyman in alabama uh whether it doesn't matter if you think they had that elite gear not not there and it's nick saban like that's the most dangerous spot i think you could find yourself in because when they before that rose bowl when alabama's gotten to the semifinal game 
they were beating, they had a six game win streak and were beating teams by an average of like 19.7 points per game. Yeah. So, and it was a young team that was better throughout the year. And you have a month of bowl prep and, and, you know, there was nowhere to go, but up for, for you. But all that talk was about Alabama and none of it was about Michigan having four weeks to get healthy, Michigan improving that offensive line coming together. You know, for me, the legacy of this team is that, and sign stealing stuff aside, I think this is the most legitimately one national title there has been because it was a unique situation where that whole operation gets ripped out of the ground halfway through the year. And we'll see what happens. I assume to some level, there's still going to be some quote unquote hell to pay for that. I don't think it comes in vacating wins. I don't think it comes in anything. I've, I heard a prominent radio host today compare Michigan to Kansas basketball. Like, yeah. no, nobody was caught on FBI wiretaps doing anything. <laughs> um, but to do what they did, you know, beat Penn State on the road, hold on at Maryland, beat Ohio State, yeah. beat Alabama, beat Washington. Uh, I've seen offense that a lot of people thought was the best one we've seen in college football since that 2019 LSU team. Well, if you watch that Texas game, man, I know I had the thoughts of like, how the hell do you slow these guys down? Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and not to mention, their offensive line won the award for best offensive line in the country. And yeah. all night, Penix was on his ass last night. I, I mean, that they yeah. they put pressure on him from the jump. And that, I mean, that will ultimately be the story to me of the, these two playoff games. Is they, they basically gifted Bama one touchdown with the Samaj Morgan muff punt. Yep. Other than that, we're talking about 26 points combined between Washington and Bama in two games. If you would have told me we would have given up 26 points to one of those teams, I'd be like, man, they got a pretty good shot of winning. I mean, I'll take that. Uh, to to hold those teams the way that they did, uh, it was it, – it, it had – I mean, I know there's been so much attention paid to Sharon Moore, and he's done a wonderful job. Man, Jesse Minter is going to be a really good head coach real soon, man. Uh, I mean, he made himself yeah. a lot of money last night, dude. Yeah. And so what I was working myself towards was saying that, you know, in an era where college football is moving away from tradition, more towards NIL and greed and, mm-hmm. and, and all of those types of things, Michigan showed uh, that hard work and culture and physicality, unwavering physicality, could still win you a national title. And, mm-hmm. man, oh, man, to do it this way in this season um, – I'm not exactly the same Michigan football historian that maybe some of my colleagues are here, but I mean, this is, it, it's the best, most dominant don't give a shit team I've ever seen. Yeah. It's, it's the best team in Michigan football history. I, I mean, I don't think there will be much pushback about that, but you know, it is, it is harder to win a national championship now than it's ever been. I, I, I mean, you know, I'm not even talking about the, the, you know, the 40s when they were winning championships. I mean, even the 97 one, it's harder now because if this was 97, they would have had to play Nebraska at some point. You know, you have to go through the best teams just to get there. I mean, you look at the last, you know, people can shit on Michigan's schedule, but you look at the last five games they played. Penn State, no slouch. Maryland, no slouch. Played them tough. Trap game always. Ohio State, um, you know, that's the game. Iowa probably played Michigan's offense as well as any team has played them this year, really. And then you get the two playoff games. I mean, that was a gauntlet that they went through. Um, well-earned. And they won these games in different ways, too, it, it seemed. Uh, you know, the defense was was dominant throughout. I mean, there will be... You know, they didn't give up a point in the third quarter till game 11, too. <laughs> like, this was, this was just one of those squads, man. And, uh, yeah, they... Um, if you would have, it really did feel storybook the way that this entire thing played out. 
exactly the way that every single Michigan fan could have hoped it would have played out after they lost to TCU last year. I, I got to ask you guys, man, what because like I envisioned what this could be like for so many years, yeah. right? Like, it, and it, and I don't know that it even kind of came close. It's just been a euphoric high since the end of the Rose Bowl, like straight through outside of some very stressful moments in that game last night. Uh, but but does, did it meet your expectations of what you thought winning a college football national chain? Like, like to me, for for my fandom, this is this probably sits atop, right? Like yeah. a basketball national championship, it would be awesome. You know, a hockey football, my my favorite team. Don't hate me, everyone. I'm a Cowboys fan. I know you lot of Lions fans are not thrilled with, with that right now. Um, so um see, but, see but you in a few then, weeks. Yeah, right. Yeah. But <laughs> even them like winning a Super Bowl for yeah. me takes a back seat to like a college football national championship. What like you said, I didn't think it could never be done. I just didn't think that I would see it yeah. at Michigan. You know, they're a, a mixture of a combination of things. For for you guys, man, did this kind of meet or exceed your expectations of what this feeling would be like as a fan? You know, to be honest with you, um, for me, I'm still, you know, I'm still working on post game right. stuff. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah that's right. Yeah, right. Yeah, I'm still in Houston. You know, have a flight out tomorrow. Um, typically, these types of things start to resonate me with me a little more upon rewatch, and I haven't gotten there yet. Um, you know, something that stood out to me is uh, I, I was thinking about this last night. You know, because, I mean, there's the elephant in the room of what is Jim Harbaugh going to do? What is the future for this program look like? You know, I thought to myself, it's, you know, what is harder to do? Is it harder to win a college football national title or is it harder to win a Super Bowl? And it's not the same thing. I mean, two very different types of things. You could lose, you know, again, even if you're the one seed in the NFL playoffs, you probably have three, four, maybe even five losses, depending on how a season goes. Whereas, you know, at Michigan, with the way their schedule is set up and the way you get Ohio State to end the year, you don't win that Ohio State game. Big Ten championship is off the table. Couple of playoff is off the table. And then obviously, you know, national title is is off the table in most years. That could be different. I mean, that's going to be different moving forward. But in the here and now. So to me, I, I think that it is... It is remarkable because you go you go through and you look at these these football playoff game results. You know, it's Georgia, Georgia, Alabama, LSU, Clemson, Alabama, Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State. That's it. That's the only teams that have won a national title in this playoff era. You know, Georgia ha- has a few of them. Obviously, Alabama has a few. Clemson has a few. But it's everyone kind of in that little that little corner of the country over there outside of Ohio State. Um, so no, I mean, as I talk about it more, it starts to resonate and, you know, what this, what this team was able to accomplish. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's weird to say, like, I knew it was always there. Even going back to those 20, the 2016 team, 2018 team, I, I feel like I wrote about this several times. I feel like we talked about it several times. It would just be amazing what Michigan could do if they could just stay out of their own way. Yeah, and there are still aspects of the program where that rings true, but these guys were assassins. Yeah, these guys were the- assassins and completely unflat. Like it is, uh, it's 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 rare, 
and because this is kind of the three the third part of this three-part trilogy of what these last three years were you kind of you know i'm just used to seeing it at this point but the fact that they they finally cracked out and figured it out i mean i know i've said this before too they would trade the result of any of those playoff games from the last two years to have a chance to have had played for a national title but i do think there's something to be said for coming back running it back figuring it out and cracking that code together as a group and that's to me the legacy of this group is it's people roll their eyes at it but those who stayed after yeah. the covid season, after the last few trips to the playoff those guys that stayed are national champions mm-hmm. it's not just a we grew up with all of those little things uh those who stay in the team the team the team those were just catchphrases uh this these last few years have been those iconic terms incarnate and that's incredibly impressive to me that they were able to find that come out of the maybe the darkest place a team could be in during that COVID season yeah and I I was going to add to that I think I think we can all agree this doesn't happen if not for the COVID season I think that they in a weird way because the Harbaugh era was going through this good not great phase and then they had that bottoming out. And I think it was a combination of these players. They got embarrassed. And look, they played like crap. I mean, they were a bad team. Like they they deserved the, the the shellacking that they that they got from guys like us, that they got from the media. I mean, we were thinking this thing had gone off the rails. I think that it was a combination of a group of guys, you know, with Hutch and a Jabo and Haskins, and, and you gotta throw Cade McNamara in there who kind of said, like, look, we we cannot have another year like this. We can we cannot go through this again. And one of those rare instances of Jim Harbaugh actually kind of leaving his ego at the door and saying, you know, I'm going to stay true to my identity, but I do need to make some changes. They held on to Don Brown way too long. And I think ultimately, like, I hate to put it on one guy, but ultimately who knows what this era would have become if maybe he gets rid of him after the Ohio state game in 2018, you know, like I I think the ultimate unsung hero of the entire Harbaugh era, you could, you could argue it's John Harbaugh, but especially Mike McDonald. I mean, Brian, you know, allowing Mike McDonald to go to Michigan, coming up with the scheme, that provided the template for how to contain Ohio state that mentor then took and, and basically perfected. I think the, the coordinator and coaching hires that he made following the 2020 season mm-hmm. changed the entire outlook of the program. And they just got character guys. And ultimately look, they got a little bit of luck. We were all waiting for the moment in which JJ said, yeah, I decommitted. I'm going to go somewhere else. And, mm-hmm. the, and he never did. You do have to, at some point, if you want to be a champion, you got to be healthy. You got to be talented. You do need to get a little bit lucky. The fact that they just found the one guy in the world who was not going to play for any other university was pretty damn cool. And uh, another guy fulfilled his legacy. Uh, I mean, you you talk about how dark it was, man. I'll, I'll never forget. I don't know if it was at the end of the 2020 season or I, I think it was close to the end there. But we had a discussion. I think it was Anthony that posed the question. Michigan State had like a two-win season in the COVID year. Uh, you know, the, the the recruiting was obviously not going great. Smell Tucker had, you know, was behind the eight ball. They had lost to Rutgers. They had beat Michigan that year. But the, the question was posed, who would you rather be over the next five years, Michigan State or Michigan? And that was a legitimate question and a legitimate discussion to have. Like, that's how dark 
of a time it was in, in, you know, Michigan state, obviously they've, they've had a lot of success in the past, but given what their situation was first year head coach, things were horrendous in the COVID season. I don't think anyone expected 2021 out of them kind of expected more of what we saw the next couple of years, but that was literally, that's where Michigan's program was in 2020, yeah. you and, know, and, like, like that, that's as dark as it gets. And you're, it wasn't just after 2020 Luke, there were people asking that same question after 2021 of like, okay, well, Harbaugh got to the playoff. Maybe this is the ceiling. Look at what Tucker's done in year two. Like this is a rivalry that's going to go back and forth. And I really think like, you know, obviously it ended poorly with the TCU loss, but I think the 2022 team, you know, with them, they were proving, they proved to everybody like, okay, this is now sustainable. It's not just a one-off. It's not just a, Hey, they brought, they, you know, Ohio state had a down year uh, to go to Columbus, win by three touchdowns, yeah. win every big 10 game. Um, I, you know, again, every, every little domino that fell led to this perfect unit that came together uh, in 2023. And it, it is bizarre how quickly things change in, in college football, because you're looking at these programs that a few years back, Michigan wanted to be, are now, if not in shambles, at least seriously questioning their leadership at the top. I mean, Ohio State right now is what Michigan was in 2019. We're good. We're quite good. Is it good enough? Um, and those discussions were maddening in the first six years of the Harbaugh era. And I think and I think one of us said it at one point, and we, we all might have. Sometimes it just takes one. Like, if you just beat Ohio State once, the amount of dominoes that fell after that, I mean, outside of just finally believing it and getting it done, what it meant for recruiting, what it meant for, for the, the entire program. And I think to a certain extent, he might not admit it, but I, don't, I think Harbaugh kind of saw the boogeyman a little bit with, yeah. with that rivalry. Like, I think he felt like this meant, I just, I don't know how to draw up a winning game plan here. Uh, changed everything. And it led to this uh, momentous occasion. I remember Anthony beat that drum quite a bit. If 2016 had gone yeah. differently, <laughs> that the program would have been probably three years ahead of, of where it was. And Anthony mentioned that quite a bit, given all the, the factors that you mentioned. Well, all I, all I ever, you know, I'll quote myself now to more accurately, accurately portray what I said. I said, if you get them once, I think that they will soil their diapers large enough to where it will have a chain reaction for several years because they can't, handle losing yeah. and now you know I'm not going to spend too much time on the Buckeyes here but you see now what Michigan has done to them in terms of completely putting them in a in a, in a mental pretzel where now they're kind of just trying to build like a dollar tree knockoff version of what Michigan is I mean mm -hmm. Will Howard is is at best a diet JJ McCarthy at his best um, you know this Judkins kid that they're going to get from Ole Miss you know it's a short yardage guy a bruising back you know Okay, there's your diet Blake Corum. But you know, yeah. what they failed to understand is that you cannot you cannot easy bake an offensive line. You cannot easy bake a defensive line. And to me, uh, the thing that I have learned from the run, not just from this year, but what led to the last two years leading up to this is that you know, so much is made about, oh, well, you gotta have uh, you gotta have up tempo offense you want to be what lsu was you want to be what ohio state is and mm -hmm. you know you got to score points to beat alabama and georgia and all these elite teams no if you can control the line of scrimmage you could stuff anyone into a locker and run anything you want off of it um you know i said in the lead up to, to monday night's game if you're able to run the ball early on it's going to set up everything else. And again, they played with their food a little bit against Washington, lost it for a bit in the middle of the game. But 
you know, once you saw him go to play action and you saw them go to, you know, using JJ McCarthy's legs, that's when you took over the game again. So to me, it's all about, you know, the way that Michigan has developed up front on both sides of the ball and the depth too. I mean, guys, they won a national championship with their offensive line playing its best two games of the year without Zach Sinter. Good point. I mean, that's, we're yeah. not talking about that enough, I don't think. Good point, um, yeah. Especially against Alabama, which those guys, I mean, those guys were a load. Uh, that offense was kind of feast or famine, but that defense was was every bit as good as I think a lot of Alabama defenses have been. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, this the, the, again, elephant in the room, a lot of things are going to change. A lot of guys move on, uh, but there are a lot of guys – sitting on the on the bench for this Michigan offensive line that had been there for three or four years and then they're gonna rise up into those roles. So you know the thing I keep coming back to is you know this is the University of Michigan. It's the winningest program in college football history. You have a national title under your belt now. Um at Squint here, whether it's Jim or Sharon or whatever it is, you're gonna have a clear vision of what this looks like moving forward. This they have the goods to stay in this conversation, and I think yeah, it yeah. takes you know from a leadership perspective. And I know we don't need to get too in the weeds on NIL and things like that, but you know if they get the NIL where it needs to be, a national title, I mean, just inherently is going to raise your recruiting profile. This can be, this is sustainable. This is sustainable. It doesn't have to be a storybook run. And again, it's it's going to look a little more different in this next era of college football. You're probably, you know, if you go 10 and 2 each year, it's going to look much different yeah. to what Tetsu would have looked like, you know, in you know, leading up to this. So to me, I mean, it's worry about the future when it comes, but I think the Michigan formula works. And when you have mm-hmm. guys that you know, they've missed on guys on the recruiting trail. And you know what? One year later, I'm seeing them all back on the transfer portal again because they're chasing a bag. And don't get me wrong. Like Michigan wants to take care of the guys that come there. They need to do a better job of doing that, quite frankly. But culture still matters. Attitude matters. A singular vision and approach still matters. And people laughed at it for almost a decade. But the Jim Harbaugh way works if you have everyone on the same page. And yeah. No matter what shape college football takes, when you can control the line of scrimmage, you can do whatever you want and you can beat whoever you go up against. Yeah. Well, that, it, that was the thing that, oh, go ahead, Chris. Well, no, I, I just wanted, it did, it did ultimately work. It took him adjusting though and adapting. I mean, it's almost comparable to kind of what John Beeline did, you know, his first couple of years where it's like, we got to, I kind of got to change my offense here because I think that in the, the last point I'll make here, you brought up, you know, the way that the offensive line played those last two games. You know, watching the way that they went to work, especially in the first half last night, because uh, Ed- Edwards had struggled at many points this year, and I don't really blame him for that. I, I more blame the line. But we can joke, and they often deserve the criticism, about the Iowas and the Rutgers and the Wisconsins of the world. But at the end of the day, those teams do have a physicality that other teams and other conferences don't have. And I think mm. that playing in the Big Ten with the style of play that Michigan has pre- prepared them really well for games like Bama, in Washington where, yeah, uh, talent all over the field. I mean, Bama's got NFL guys everywhere. But I do think just in terms of overall physicality, um, Michigan had probably seen teams that were a little bit tougher. And and I felt like the offensive line probably played their two best games in the last two games of the season because of that. Well, my my biggest thing, man, and kind of shocking watching the Rose Bowl, and Anthony, you were down there. You were on the field, so you probably saw this firsthand. But, But I go back to 2021, 
against Georgia. Yeah. And just Georgia looked damn near like an NFL team against a college team in, in that game between size, strength, athleticism, speed, like Georgia was night and day. Kind of similar to to what we saw, you know, Michigan, Alabama, what, 2013, something like that, where it was like, oh, my God, they don't even belong on the the same field, you know? Like, that's what it felt like. But then the Rose Bowl happens, and I'm like, Michigan's athletes, I I think they're more physically imposing and dominant. Like, that shift happening in that short of a window is mind-blowing. And all the credit in the world to Ben Herbert and and that strength and conditioning program and staff. I mean – absolutely unbelievable the strides that have been made in that department and Michigan like like that's the thing that was the knock on the Big Ten outside of Ohio State right like Alabama I I believe and you correct me if I'm wrong I think it was one of the most in in terms of talent composite one of the most talented teams ever in college football (laughs) history you know Michigan dominated that man. I understand that they were they were down in the fourth quarter of that game, whatever. But they dominated both sides of the line of scrimmage in that game. And really, if it wasn't for special teams, I think I I listened to a podcast. Bama on special teams was a net positive fifteen points of EPA on special teams in the Rose Bowl. You know, Michigan on two sides of the ball, offense, defense dominated that game because they were equipped to do so with their athletes, man. And I think it also goes back to the point where you look back at the last few national champions, uh, LSU kind of notwithstanding, but Georgia the last two years, a lot of those Alabama teams, they were really dominant on the defensive line, particularly on the interior. And Michigan kind of making that a focal point, I think completely changed the trajectory of this program. Like they were great on the edges in 2021 with the Jabo and Hutchinson, but maybe a little thin inside, like Chris Hinton, you know, he, he, he was for a former five-star. He was good that year, but probably not where we, we expected him to. Mozzie didn't quite take that next step quite yet, but last year we started to see it a little bit, little more Mason Graham in the interior, Chris Jenkins, Mozzie taking that next step. But then this year, man, the (laughs) between Kenneth Grant, Mason Graham, Cam Good, Chris Jenkins. I mean, and and being able to rotate those bodies, that right now, I think more so than anything, is where you win in the current state of college football, coupled with the the fact that I think NIL and the transfer portal is starting to spread the talent around a little more. So I think if you have a defensive line, and you can somehow build it like Michigan's been able to build it, man. I mean, a lot can be said for the offensive line of Blake Corum and J.J. McCarthy in the secondary. But that defensive line, I think, is is really the reason why Michigan has had the success that they had this year. I mean, five years ago, they were putting Ben Mason at defensive yeah. tackle. Like but, the way bro, that they have, wasn't wasn't Don Brown recruiting like linebackers to play defensive tackle in that system. Listen, I mean. Don Brown is an excellent football coach, but mm. in a in a group of five said it right. I, I think when when you we're not going to turn this into Don Brown slander. We're just no, not. No. Uh, but but that's the evolution of where they yeah. were versus where they Absolutely. are now. It, it yeah, ran its course. It ran its course with his defense for sure. Yeah. Um, and they didn't change. I mean, not to not to bring this up. Don Brown didn't change a sign his entire time at Michigan either. So, um, well, the sign was that way, blitz, you, know? you know, I mean, yeah, the sign was the, the engage eight play yeah. call from Madden. Just 
send everyone to the line of scrimmage. So, um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know what, what are, I'm still kind of at a loss for words. Like what is, what are the other talking points out of this fellas? Because uh, again, now, I mean, this team is, is going to throw parade, presumably Saturday. Jim Harbaugh loves parades the same way that I love trains as a kid. Um, Here's my talking point. Build Jim Harbaugh a damn statue. I'm not joking. Yeah, absolutely deserves a statue. He was, I I mean, it was the joke for the longest time, guys. Like the he was gonna be Michigan's football savior, and everyone used that as a punching bag, especially in those years that he never got over Ohio State. You literally, I mean, this is as as Michigan football savior as it gets when you go back to the the Hulk and Rich Rod years, man. I, I mean, it's not even close. He legitimately saved Michigan football. No question. Well, he he did what he came to do, and yeah. it took longer than I think some people expected. Uh, I think it goes to show that, uh, I mean, this ultimately, like history will show this as a home run hire, but we make a home run hire. Success is not always guaranteed. And, yeah. you know, for a while, it just seemed like it cosmically wasn't going to work out and for whatever reason. Uh, despite everything on paper saying that it absolutely should. And I think that, you know, the, the turning point, like Chris said earlier, you know, in this entire era of Jim Harbaugh at Michigan is deciding to step back and, and be the CEO and empower his coordinators. And, you know, that's not to say he was like a dictator. And, and there was always this, always this assumption for years that he was really their phantom offensive coordinator, which was, yeah. Which was yes, um, he had always empowered those guys, but you know, flexibility and you know, I think the the ability to zig when your opponent zags, something that the New England Patriots did for many years, you know, during their run. And and who knows? I mean, I think Michigan fans would love for there to be six more championships that come from this, but um, you know, the Jim Harbaugh is a competitor. He at times could be an egotistical guy and that works for him. It works against him, but the ability to kind of step back and let the process play itself out, you know, flip over. We, we had the conversations. I said, I have no issue saying it. Like when, when at the time during that COVID season, it was Jim either needs to go or every single thing in that football operation needs to be flipped over. Michigan chose option B and, or, option one and one a whatever you want to call it um that's the door they chose to go through to his credit i mean he he masterfully fixed all of it um and it, it was started with hiring the best maybe coaching staff in in michigan history in terms of i mean there are so many future head coaches on this staff michigan's future head coach might be on this staff i mean Jessner is either a college or nfl head coach one day i think mike Mike mcdonald is about to Mike McDonald is about to be a head coach, the NFL, you know, like, yeah. yeah. So when you look back on, I mean, cause this does feel again. And, and if Jim and, and JJ come back next year, I think that you can have that conversation already about the potential of them running it back, but oh, no taking doubt. this season and taking these three years for what they were, the biggest thing was that this was only going to work if every single person in that building was on the same page. And Jim deserves credit for that. Um, Cade McNamara, Aiden Hutchinson, Hassan mm-hmm. Haskins, those guys deserve credit for that. Uh, uh, Jay McCarthy, maybe the biggest driving force in all of that. And, and it will take some time uh, for 
wounds to heal with like the Jade and, and uh, Jade, JJ and Cade thing. Now I like uh, it. No, you put them together. That's like uh, what, what they used to do. Like with a Brangelina, right? Yeah, there we go. Um, <laughs> no, but that, you know, with the passage of time, I think even Cade McNamara would admit that JJ McCarthy made him better and took him to a level in 2021 where he played his best football and helped mm-hmm. lead lead this team to win over Ohio state, a big 10 championship. And it set the table for what was to come. So, you know, they'll, there will be what's written about this. We're going to do a, a commemorative issue of the magazine uh, at the Wolverine discussing this national championship and, and the legacies. And I gotta be honest. I mean, uh, I've never really thought about doing a book, but I, I kind of, someone planted the seeds over the weekend and I'm not going to say it's, it's going to happen or it's not happened, but, uh, to creatively be able to look back on all this and kind of sprawl everything out on the table and put the timeline together would, would be a lot of fun. Whoever Um, decides to, to write the book that starts at the end of 2020 and runs through the national championship, 2023, it's, it's going to be a bestseller. There's no question. I mean, unbelievable turnaround. I mean, you you go back three and out, right. with, With John, you, like that was that was like the worst era of Michigan football in history. And it was fascinating. Like this would be an unreal if, if you could tell this story, like it, with the behind the scenes look and everything like that. Be be an incredible book, man. And and let me let me ask you guys this quick question, because I've been thinking about it. Michigan, again, we're, we're going to keep reiterating it, right? They're, they're the college football national champion, guys. Like, how long does this hold you over as a fan? Like, how many years until, you know, you can start getting hurt again, right? Like, yeah, we're going to we're gonna talk about Michigan football running it back next year. But if they don't, like, they just won the freaking national championship. They beat Ohio State three times in a row. They've won three straight Big Ten championships. Like, man, I've been, like, this is the moment I've been waiting for. Maybe I can kind of stress-free watch Michigan football yeah. for a while. I was I impulsively told a friend of mine last night that I will I, look. I'm going to get up for every Saturday, going to root mm-hmm. for this team till the end of time. But to a certain extent, it will matter a little less. I because I no matter what, I can pull up the highlights of 2023. It happened. I saw it. This was the dream. I mean, the way it played out game by game, it it was a, a magic carpet ride of a season, really magic carpet ride of three seasons all culminating in this in this dream campaign. But I say that, but if if three years from now, you know, we've lost a few to Ohio State, I'm gonna be like, right, what have you done for me lately? Like I just yeah, I know let's how get my, back on the train. <laughs> I know how my fandom works with that stuff, but I do think as a whole, um, to be able to have that one perfect memory. That one shining example, um, I, I think that that will always be with me. But, yeah, I mean, we know how college football works. We know how these fans work. I mean, how many games that Ohio State won in a row, like in the Big Ten, until they lost that one to Michigan? All of a sudden, it was it was haywire. Um, but I, I, he's bought himself a, a lot of goodwill and, and, and time here uh, because it took time for this to become the juggernaut that it's become. And I think, you know, with the kind of the team they have uh, – you know, the guys they have leaving uh, after this season, it might take a little bit more time. We'll see. I think they'll kill it in the portal again. Recruiting's been great. But yeah, I I guess I I, my answer really is I don't know because this has never happened before. But I do think there is a lot of pressure and a big weight lifted off a lot of people's shoulders because they did see it happen. 
you know, I said this on our post game show last night, and I guess this is this would buy, kind of be, I guess, my final thoughts here as we wrap up our conversation is, you know, they don't print t-shirts for, you know, some people do, you know, the viral moment t-shirts for beating Ohio state. And mm-hmm. I know Barstool had an amazing one, the men versus boys one yes. here. <laughs> um, but, you know, people always talk about, you know, you know, wins can wins are a certain thing and, and t-shirts can be made for, for, you know, they don't make t-shirts for beating Michigan state, you know, 49 zero. Some people might, but what they make t-shirts for is national championships. What they make gear for big 10 championships, national championships. And again, um, this is something that fans are going to be able to hang their hat on forever because it's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's the capping off of an era. It is, you know, the best season in Michigan football history. It is, uh, a group of guys that'll be remembered forever. And that's that to me is, yeah. I mean, they could go nine and three next year, not make the playoff and go to the citrus bowl or the tarts bowl, whatever it's called now. And that'll bump some people out, but 2023 is forever. And, you know, think about what, what was the moment that Michigan football fans could hang their hat on before beating Ohio state in 2021. Was it, Gosh, I mean, the twenty, the Sugar Bowl in twenty eleven was a lot of fun. Or gosh, nineteen ninety seven was. Yeah, that's so the thing. It had to be. You had to be old enough to have been present for ninety seven. Like I was alive, yeah. but I was two. Like I don't remember. I, I think that's the only one where you can be like every other great memory, like winning the Big Ten title in 03 or 04 or the Sugar Bowl, came with some some negativity behind it because it didn't win the big 10 or didn't finish the job. You didn't make it to the national championship. There is no if, ands or buts with this team. They, they completed the circle. Yeah. It's funny that you mentioned that you, you talk about just pulling up the highlights from the 23 season, dude, before every football season for a while, I was, I was going to watch highlights of the 2016 season and then the revenge tour of, of 2018, yeah. you know, those extended highlight games. Like that's, that's all we had. And now yeah. Now we got this 15 and 0 guys, 15 wins in a season. I, I like Anthony has said, I think it's still going to take some time. I think I, I was even probably a little more euphoric in a sense after the, the Rose Bowl. I think it was just the way the game ended, but mm-hmm. this is like one of those slow lingering burns. Like I woke up this morning and I was like, man, I, I just went on Twitter. Holy shit. <laughs> the national championship, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think most fans kind of feel that way right now, waiting for it to sink in, which means this will be the shortest offseason ever. It'll be tomorrow. Like yeah. we want it to be long now so we can celebrate it. But I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure like next week we'll we'll be we'll be ready for for kickoff. But um, yeah, a perfection in sports, perfection in life is a rare oddity. The fact that this team can say they were perfect. Um, one in a million now. Yeah, you chase perfection, but so rarely do you actually achieve it. And even along the way, you know, it's a perfect record, perfect season, uh, perfect national championship. But there was there were struggles, there were adversity, there there were things that they had to fight through. And again, I'd argue some of it was self inflicted. Um, but that's 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 the Michigan way, baby. Like it wouldn't be anything <laughs> worth achieving without a little bit of uh, self-inflicted malarkey, as I said last night. So um, Michigan football is a national champion, and it gets to claim that for the next, whatever, 364 days. Um, 
really, really until it, or, or sooner if they, you know, whenever they lose, if they do lose next season, there's a chance they could run it back. But um, it has been uh, a lot of fun to follow, a lot of stressful days as well. Um, the pot in October, November that I choose to forget. It was it was nice to get back to football at a certain point. Way too brushed up on NCA bylaws and such, but uh, <laughs> Anthony became was, a lawyer overnight during that stretch. Oh my gosh! Um, I've I haven't I've been home for forty hours total in the last fifteen days, so I'm ready to get home. I'm ready to rest up. I'm ready to get back with my people who uh, want to see me and want to want to talk about all the experiences. And that's to me. I mean, my perspective is everyone's going to have their own little pocket in history they remember about this time um 10 years ago i was i'm laying on my bed in my dorm at cme writing blogs about recruits and yeah writing about you know a medical report that's released at 1 a.m after the minnesota game and uh for me it's uh this is this is special i mean there was that 2020 was just a barrage for everyone with covid obviously uh you know personal life stuff uh to then have to like, okay, what a terrible time to be alive for all of us. Here comes the sweet, sweet release of college football. And then that was maybe the worst, most miserable season. <laughs> yeah. I was rooting then. for COVID to make a comeback for, like, yeah. for, for a few months there. Yeah. Yeah. COVID, uh, I'll never make light of it, but COVID mercifully ended that season. But uh, <sighs> to, to, to be, to, to, ha- to have you guys around for part of that. Um, really, and not just part of it. I mean, prominently a part of it. That was the escape and that yeah. was released. And when, you know, I am standing at NRG stadium last night with confetti falling down, I'm thinking about, you know, the guys that the guys at maize and brew, you guys that, uh, you know, we went through, I mean, our battles are much different. We got on here on a podcast for an hour every week yeah. and lamented or celebrated, but, uh, it really was full circle and it was special. And I'm glad that we were able to, the three of us get back together and um, no man knows the future. We could always do something together yeah. again in the future, but uh, life has taken us each uh, in a, to a different place. I think uh, blessings for all of us where we all are in the position positions we find ourselves in, but you come back to it and, and there's nothing better than talking about, success celebrating success uh with with some of your best buddies on the planet so wanted to thank you guys uh for your time in hopping out and i guess uh you guys can go around the room if you want with any final thoughts yeah i'll just say i'll i and i said this before i got hired by barstool i'll say it after um i, I will always be proud of what we did because I, mm-hmm. I think we never especially in that covid year man when the world was losing their minds we never lost ourselves like, yeah, of course, in this business, in this industry, you're going to have takes that you look back on and go, yeah, I was wrong about that. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, we 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 handled it as, as people. Um, it's been a, a, a crazy wild ride. But, yeah, last night was, a, I think, a very vindicating thing for a whole lot of fans. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you guys were some of the first guys I thought about um, for, I, for us to find ourselves kind of in the positions that we're in branching out uh, post Mason Brew and to, to all culminate with this. Uh, yeah, it's 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 pretty damn special. A couple months ago, I, I went back just to get vibes from some of those old shows, man. And 
I got to say, uh, I think they've aged incredibly well. I really think mm-hmm. that that we did a lot of great work together just going back and listening to the, the quality of the shows, man. And I'm forever proud of that. But but more so, love love making lifelong friends with, with, with a couple of guys that, honestly, you know, we probably would have never crossed paths in, in any other capacity. Yeah. And and it and it turned into something special, man. Uh, I'm thankful to have you you both in my life that we can just even hop in a group chat and just text throughout Michigan football games. And I knew I I wouldn't miss this opportunity for the world to get the band back together and celebrate a Michigan national championship, man. Because we we deserve to have one after after a lot of those a lot of those dark times, man. So appreciate you put this together, Anthony. It's great talking with you guys, man. Yeah, well, thank you both of you for uh, coming to play in my neck of the woods. Uh, <laughs> thanks to the folks at, over at the Wolverine um, for your support. Uh, if you're watching this video, be sure to like and subscribe. It helps the channel um, be in the podcast feed as, uh, podcast feeds as well. Uh, leave a nice review for us. You can use that promo code below UM1 for two months of premium access uh, over at our website uh, for one dollar. Uh, it's the best best deal you can, you know best deal in sports right now. Uh, don't fact check that. So uh, for Anthony Broom, uh, for my pals, Chris Castellani, Luke Giardi, good friends, amazing guests today. Uh, Michigan football's the national champion. Uh, thanks everyone for watching. We'll talk to you again soon. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.